mean, let's be honest, yeah. Who wants to, don't put up your hand, but who wants to lose weight? You know what I mean? You can respond in your heart, you don't have to put up your hand. But some of us wants to lose weight. Some of us, you know, wants to save money this year. Some of us wants to be more friendly this year. And I mean, all of those things are, I think, will be helpful. So do consider that. But actually, the, the thing that I want to speak about this morning, if we can aim for this, I feel like it will be sustainable. I feel like it's something that will help us to grow in the Lord. Something that is not shallow. And although we can have good habits that we actually put in place in our lives, I believe if, what, what I want to speak about this morning, if we apply this, it will change our lives. And so, we don't want to run aimlessly, right? And, you know, you were joking about 2020 more, and we've got all, all the one-liners of 2024 is the year for more, and whatever you want to come up with, that rhymes with the, the number of year, because, you know, that's how the Lord speaks, right? <laughs> is it really what the Lord is saying, or is it a kind of a man-made vision thing that we want to just put a carrot in front of our noses? We actually need to hear the voice of the Lord. And this is what I want to get to you for this morning. If you want to have an aim for this year, hear His voice and obey it. How's that for a one-liner? It doesn't rhyme at all, but whatever. Hear His voice and obey it. Hear His voice and obey it. It says, if there's something that you want to apply in your life this year, if there's something that you want to change in your life this year, is to hear His voice and to obey it. Sounds simple, right? Hear His voice and obey it. I mean, who this morning here doesn't want to grow in their relationship with the Lord? We all want to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And I believe the only way, well, there's many ways, but one of the most important ways that we can aim for is by hearing His voice and obeying what He said. Then we're going to grow. Then we're going to grow. Who of you this morning feels like last year you actually, you've grown? Be honest, just many of you. And I'm sure because you raise your hand partially is because you heard his voice at some stage and you obeyed it. And that formula doesn't change. That's, that's how we should live. We hear his voice and we obey it. And so this morning, if you do have your Bibles with you, you can open up with me in John chapter 10. That's just after John chapter 9. <laughs> John chapter 10, such a beautiful scripture. Many of you might have heard it before, and even Aaron's referred to it this morning. And uh, so that's from verse 27. If you want to read with me in your Bibles, you're welcome or on the board. But Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Just keep that up there. There's so much in this. We can kind of just read it and just move on to the next verse and the next verse. But my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And so it's clear that there's a, there's a listening that needs to take place. Can you, can you hear that? <laughs> there's a listening that needs to take place when the Lord speaks. Because He is our great shepherd. He is our good shepherd, Jesus. And we, as born-again believers, we are His sheep. All right? And if we are his children, if we are his sheep, we can know that our shepherd is speaking. 
We can know it. And for many of us, it, it doesn't feel like it. For many of us, we, we, get, we go through times where we are wondering, yeah, where is my shepherd? Does he even speak anymore? I haven't heard him in a while. And those are real things that we go through. But he is our good shepherd that speaks, and we need to listen. So there's a listening, there's a hearing of his voice that needs to take place. But then there's also a following. Did you get that? There's a following that needs to take place as well. So it's a hearing, a listening, and then a obeying, a following that needs to take place. And the way we follow him is by obeying what he said. It sounds very simplistic, right? But, but that's basic Christianity this morning. Is the way we follow him is obeying what he said. And this morning he is speaking. You know, he, he has spoken, he is speaking, and he's still going to speak. Will we be those that listen and follows? Will we be those that, that hears his voice and obey what he says? And honestly, I mean, I don't want to rant this morning at all, but I want to encourage us to follow him properly. I think... Often we, we think we can follow Jesus without listening to his voice. Often we think like that. Because I grew up in church, I'm, I'm attending church, and, and I'm, I've got Christian friends, and surely I'm following Jesus. The only way we follow Jesus is if you listen to his voice and you follow him. You obey what he said. We can't go on someone else's faith, right? We can't go on, you know what I've learned 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's the relationship that you have with him now that's important. That's important. So we can't follow him without obeying him. Will we listen this year? Will we listen this year? You know, I'm not a farmer by no means, but uh, I read up on this in the first century. What was interesting is there was a, you know, like a, a sheep pen, which is like a big kind of field, where within this sheep pen, there were actually many flocks, sheep flocks within this pen. All right, so nowadays it doesn't work like that anymore, but there were actually many flock, sheep flock within one area. So we've got one flock here and there and there, and often they mix and walk between one another and all of that, and every flock had their own shepherd. So within one field with, like, let's say there were like five different flocks, it meant like there were five different shepherds. So they didn't have one shepherd with all the flock. Like in, in church today, there's many congregations around the city. There's, there's not one shepherd, one elder for everyone. Every church has their own shepherds, their own elders that look after the sheep. And the same way in the first century, there were many flocks with their own shepherd. And so it was essential for the sheep to know and to recognize their own shepherd's voice. This is vitally important. Because if they didn't know their own shepherd's voice, if they didn't recognize their own shepherd's voice, they were not safe at all. They were vulnerable to get deceived by other shepherds. They were vulnerable to go off the beaten track and, you know, become lone rangers, so to speak, 
and you lose out on the togetherness, being with the flock. And so it was vitally important to know their shepherd's voice. And for us as people today, you know, where we now, the 21st century, I was 21st century. It's vitally important for us to know our shepherd's voice. It's vitally important. And I want to even say even more so today. Because now suddenly you've got this little thing, this little thing that, I, that I'm holding in my hand. It's just called a phone. And on this phone you've got internet. And what you can do with that is actually mind-boggling. You can sit and look at a YouTube video while I'm preaching to you this morning because I like this guy on the internet or whatever. Do you know that person? Is that your shepherd? And it's good to get perspective from people that knows things and it's got a reputation of, uh, of good teaching and all of that. But do you know that, that person? Is that person your main influence? Because if I'm one of the sheep in, in that flock, I want to know who my shepherds are. Obviously, the, I'm speaking about the elders, but also I want to know my shepherd's voice, the good shepherd, the Lord, Jesus. I want to know Him. I don't want to get deceived by many voices. And I can guarantee you, this year, there will be many voices. There will be many voices that will come your way from different Places from the internet, from the devil, from wherever. There's going to be many voices. And if you know your shepherd's voice, Jesus' voice, you recognize that when he speaks, you just, I oh, know that's Jesus. You'll be safe. You'll be safe. Not necessarily physically, that's not what I'm referring to. But you're going to be safe in his presence, being where he is. I mean, if you look at the disciples, they weren't safe physically. They followed him no matter what, and I mean, they got into big trouble and gave their lives up for it. So I'm not, I'm not giving you a prosperity thing this morning. I'm saying you want to be safe in the presence of Jesus. Where he is, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. And how do I know where he is? I want to listen to his voice. If you listen to his voice, you know you're close enough. If you recognize his voice, you know you're close enough. If you don't listen to, if, if you can't hear his voice, we need to draw in. We need to become close to Jesus. He's not far away. I know it feels like it when you're not hearing his voice, it feels like, am I ever going to get there again, right? He's not far away. He's not far away. He's the good shepherd. Even in verse 17 in John 10, he's the good shepherd. I've got a different, uh, I, I think I gave you the wrong verse, but I want to read you this, this. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Isn't that beautiful? He knows us. Do we know him? Do we know him? And this morning I want to ask you a question. What do we do if we're struggling to hear his voice? Oh yeah, that's great, very encouraging. I know I need to hear his voice this year. Great, thanks. But I, I'm struggling. What do I do if I'm struggling, how can I actually make sure that this year his voice is at the center of my, my aim, so to speak? How can I make sure that this year I'm aiming for his voice? I'm aiming for that. And I want to mention one or two things that will help us just to aim for, for him. In John 10, again, 
in a different verse, it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus gives us this invitation. He doesn't make it easy. He says the only way that you can be saved, the only way for salvation is if you enter through me, Jesus says. He is the gate. The world will tell you something different. No, there's many ways to Jesus. No. There's one way. It's through Jesus. It's entering through him as the gate. We don't serve many gods here. We serve Jesus. He is the only God that we serve and follow. And we go through him as, as the gates. And so firstly, the way we can make sure we hear his voice is to have a relationship with Jesus. It sounds simple, right? But if you have a relationship with someone, you know his voice. You know that person's voice. You recognize that voice. So if you have a relationship with Jesus, you can recognize his voice. You can know his voice. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, chances are you're not going to recognize his voice. So that's where we start. We make sure we have a relationship with Jesus. And even this morning, if you're unsure, if you feel like, I, I, I don't know if I do have a relationship with him, this morning you can make sure. He's inviting you today to enter through him, to enter through him as the gates, because that is where it all starts. That's where it is. That's what it's all about, a relationship with him. I'm not a relationship expert, but I want to mention two things that I believe is important when it comes to a relationship. Some of you might give other suggestions, but two things that I believe is vitally important in any relationship, friendship, marriage, whatever, is time and love. All the single people can just write that down quickly, just make a note. <laughs> time and love, I'm sure there's many more, but time and love, without it, I don't know if a relationship can function, to be honest, right? Do, do you agree with me? Is that quite accurate? I'm sure there's many more, but let's agree on, on these two things for now. Time and love is vitally important. And so when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, do we spend time with Jesus? It sounds like such a silly thing to, to ask, but do we spend time with Jesus? And let's be honest with ourselves, right? Let's not fool ourselves and say, yes, and we are referring to that one hour a week on a Sunday morning. That's not what I'm referring to. Like, uh, do you wake up wanting to spend time with Him? Do you, you like, can you... Can you be honest with yourself this morning and just look at your day? Look at your week. Do you spend time with Jesus? Or is it like on the fly, on your way to work? And those times are important as well because we are walking with Him. He's in the car with us. He is in our workplace as we are devoted to our work as well. So we do have that relationship. But is, is there that undivided attention that you spend with Jesus? I mean, to be honest, I'm struggling with that at times. You've got a nine-month-old baby, and just as, I, just as I say it, I'm sure many of you have reasons as well. But it doesn't change my point that we actually are called to spend time with Jesus no matter what phase you're in, no matter what time you're going through in your life. We are called to spend time with Jesus. It is vitally 
important. You know, do, can I say this? Having a Bible is not enough. Having a, having a Bible, owning a Bible is not enough. You actually have to read it. Amen? I mean, you rock up at hotels or guest houses and there's Bibles on the bed shelf. That's great. But if there's dust on that Bible, it means you're not reading it. We need to read our Bibles, actually. So when we spend time with Jesus, reading our Bibles is part of it, right? Like, do we pray? Do we worship? Do we do all these things that helps us to be in His presence? You know, interesting um, stat. It's probably quite a shallow stat, but anyway. It said that, well, it's not said, it's a fact. In a week, there's 168 hours, right? You can check me out if you want to. But it's 168 hours in a week. Let's say you spend one hour a week with Jesus. One hour. It sounds quite, whoa, that's, that's a lot, right? For many of us, that feels like a, an hour is, is quite a long time. And I'm not saying, you know, church on a Sunday morning. I, I'm, I'm saying the rest of the week. One hour in that week you spend with Jesus, undivided attention towards Him. That is, where's all the clever people here? That's 0.6% of your week that you actually put out to spend time with Jesus. When you hear it in that way, it doesn't sound a lot, right? And I know it's a bit unrealistic to, you know, to make a point out of this stat, but it, just, it does show us something of how much time we spend with Jesus in a week. And this year, if you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus... We need to grow in spending time with Him. Amen? We need to put in the time. It should be a priority, right? I've, I've met so many people over the years in church and people coming in and out, and I've heard it so many times where a lot of people want to, but not many people do it, actually. A lot of people want to do Something. A lot of people want to spend time with the Lord. A lot of people want to read the Bible. A lot of people want to. There's a lot. It's good intentions, but only a few I've really seen actually that, that does it. And this year, can we be those that actually we, we do it? Like Nike says, just do it. <laughs> That's a free advert for them. <laughs> Probably not the best brand to <laughs> to advertise from the pulpit, right? But can we actually do it this year? Good intentions will help, but if you're not doing it, it won't get you, get you far. It's like many people want to run a marathon, but if you're not running, you're not going to do it. You actually need to put in the time. You need to clock those kilometers. That's how you do it. Good intentions won't help you on that start line of a marathon. But if you put in the work, it'll help you. All right, so again, time and love in our relationship with Jesus is important. Like, do we love Jesus? Do we love Jesus? Oh, man. Do we actually love Jesus? Can people see it in your life? 
Can people see it in your life? There, there's, there's some people, when you look at their lives, you can just, that person loves Jesus. They don't have to tell you that. You don't have to ask them that. You can just see. That person loves Jesus. And recently, I've chatted to, to someone that visited us recently, and I asked her, I was, you know, I was a service, and he said, I can see they love Jesus. And I was like, man, that is what we want. We want to be a people that love Jesus. I mean, let's be honest. This, this, it's not a, like a show that we can put up for you this morning or something that we can, you know. But if we, even this morning we were praying, if we can see the love that we have for one another, well, people will see by the love that we have for one another, that we are His followers, that we are His disciples, that we are His sheep, by the love for one another, but also a love for Him. Like, do you love Jesus? Like, are you passionate for Jesus? Or is it something theoretical in your mind? Yeah, yeah, theoretically I love Jesus because I, I know I have to. Or is it something that you live? Like, I love Jesus. People don't have to ask me that. I'll tell them that. Like, do we love Jesus? And can I say this morning, He loves us. That is... That is one of the most beautiful truths that we can hear this morning is He loved us and He still loves us. And because He loves us, because He loved us first, we can now love not just one another, but also Him. This morning, we can love because He first loved us. You know, do you love Jesus this morning? And I'm sure if I go around this room and I ask you, hey, Enrique, do you love Jesus? And I go around the room, I'm sure most, if not all of you, will say yes, right? But the more accurate way is actually not to ask you, but to just look at your life and tell you, yeah, you love Jesus. Yeah, I can, I can see you love Jesus. Not because you put up a front on a Sunday morning, but because I can see the way you give, it means that you love Jesus. The way you open up your house, I can see you love Jesus. The way you worship, I can see you love Jesus. The way you love strangers, I can, I can see you love Jesus. The way you speak, I can, I can see you love Jesus. That's the life He's calling us to. And I want to say, if you are scared or shy to speak openly about Jesus, I don't know if you love Jesus. It sounds harsh, but man, he loved us that he gave his life for us. Nothing hidden, nothing scared, nothing, you know, in a shy fool. Or, I, I, just, I don't know why, I don't want to, I don't really want to say why I'm here. That, that wasn't the way Jesus lived. He's like, I came to die for this world, for me and you. And he did that openly, actually naked and unashamed. Just, my life is yours. I, I'm giving you my life. But then the fear of man creeps into our hearts, right? What will people think? Will I be accepted in my workplace? Will I be accepted in my family? And we go through all these struggles. How will people perceive me? And then we actually draw back. But Jesus called us to be bold. Are you still bold for him? Take heart this morning. He has given his life for you. He has loved you. 
Come on. Man, let's love Jesus passionately. I'm going way too long, but I'm going to move on to my next point. So my first point is make sure your relationship with Jesus is on the forefront of everything you do this year. And my second point that I want to make is respond when, when there is a conviction. When the Lord speaks, respond. When He comes and He says something into your, into your heart, you know it's something you need to change, that's called a conviction. Respond to that. It says that my sheep hear my voice. Right, John 10 that I just read. My sheep hear my voice. And it, when I think about my sheep hear my voice, that, that verse, it really it feels like there's a, there should be an, an intention to obey. Like if you read your Bible, there should be an intention to obey. You don't want to read your Bible because I want to tick off the box. You don't want to read your Bible because I know I have to and there's no life. You actually want to read your Bible wanting to know the person of Jesus through the Bible. And the way we do it is we read with an intention to obey what he is saying. That will change the way you read your Bibles. From today on, when you read your Bible, just before you start, Lord, what, I want, what I'm reading and what I'm going to read, I want to obey. If you enter into that intentionality, if there is a word like that, Joel, is there? We have to have that intentionality to obey when we spend time with Him. All right? It will change the way you spend time with Him. Sorry, I put you on the spot there. <laughs> Honestly, this, this will, you'll feel faith rise in your heart. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When you hear Him speak, not just through the Bible, but the Bible, yes, but also through His Spirit, when you hear Him speak, faith comes. You're wanting to obey, and it's hard. Even this morning I said to my wife, Liffy, I think we need to pray more as a family. I felt the Lord said we need to pray more as a family. It's a conviction that I felt the Lord said to me. He's like, oh yeah, I want you to pray more as a family. And I mean, it's not, like we, I mean, we are in full-time leadership at the church, so we do pray, but we, I realized in, in our marriage we're not praying enough. We're not praying enough. And it's a conviction that I, that I got in my heart, and I was like, Liffy, we need to pray more. And I mean, it's good intention, right? But the proof is in the pudding. So ask us in a month's time, did you pray this last month as a family? Because that is when we start to obey. That's when we start to obey and follow Him. Because couples need to pray together. If you're married, you need to pray with, with your spouse. You know, couples that pray together and obey together stay together. How's that for a 2024 one-liner? You can put that on your fridge. Yeah. In James 1, I'm not going to go too long still, but James 1 verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. <laughs> I mean, how straightforward is that? Do not merely just listen to 
the word and so deceive yourselves. And the way that deception comes in is thinking just listening to the word, listening to his voice will be enough. But obey what he said. Do what it says. Do what the Bible says. Do what the Holy Spirit says. You know, and that word is not just the Bible. The Bible, yes. And so the Bible is the definite word of God. It's, we're not going to change it. We're not going to add to it. We're not going to subtract to it. We can't change it according to our culture. That's God's word, and that's what we obey. We can't change it. No, higher, you know, the culture is changing. We need to keep to it. That's what we hear all the time, to be honest. That's God's word. We can't change it. And people are actually getting a lot of flack because they are actually just sticking to God's word. In Josh Jen, I mean, I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but we, we got a lot of flack in the last couple of years because we're just sticking to God's word. Like plain and simple. It's, it's not, anyway, not, let's not go there just yet. But it's God's word. It's a word from God. And also, you know, when Jesus walked to earth, he lived with his disciples. And so the disciples got to hear his voice in person. You know, it's like I'm speaking to you, you hearing my voice. In the same way, the disciples lived with Jesus. And so they heard his voice in person. And then Jesus ascended into heaven. And he said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit that's going to live within you, you know? So it's like me being with you 24-7, that's what Jesus said. You don't have to make an appointment with me and I'll see if I've got time or just with all the ministry trips, you know. I'm now in you. And if you're a born-again believer this morning, you've got the Holy Spirit within you. So it's like Jesus speaking to you all the time. And you can speak to him all the time. Isn't that a beautiful truth? Come on. Do we actually use that privilege? He's within us and he's speaking. And often when he speaks, it shows us who we are, our flaws, our shortcomings. And when he speaks, he shows who Jesus is, who the Father is. And we realize just looking at the Father, looking at God, we realize how short we fall, right? And when he does that, we need to respond to that conviction. We need to respond to that conviction when we realize, I need to repent of this sin. I need to change this habit. I need to do this more. Whatever the case may be, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, we need to be quick to respond. We need to be quick to respond. And I think... Man, Jesus wants us to, to look like him. I don't think. I know it. And I realize in many areas, we're, not, we're nothing like him. In many areas, we actually need to grow to become like him as individuals, but as a church as well. And we need the Holy Spirit to come and help us, to show us Jesus so that we can respond accordingly. Because he's calling us for quite a high standard if you didn't realize that. If you read your Bible, you'll be like, oh. If you don't go like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know if you're reading your Bible properly. You should read your Bible and you're like, oh, 
yo, this is odd. <laughs> Often I go like, yo, that's... Even just reading the book of Acts, the way the early church, I was like, yo, that's hard, eh? To be a church like that isn't just going to happen by itself. And I mean, we're not a perfect church at all. We're aiming for Jesus, and you are helping us to become that church. But it's hard, man. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our own individual lives. But we need the Holy Spirit in our church meetings. We need the Holy Spirit. I mean, someone recently said, will you even know if the Holy Spirit is not in your church meeting? Or are we so set in stone with our structure and we've got our three songs and we've got the preach that's 30 minutes, that's already probably more than 30 minutes. Are we set in, in stone with our structures that we actually miss the Holy Spirit? This is, this is hard. I'm not saying it's from a prideful position. We need to get this right. When we're in, in, in His presence, when we're in worship, we need to seek Him. And it's not the elders that does that. It's all of us. Every person that's here, if you're part of this church, if you, ha- if you can help us to seek His presence together, it will add for us to be a church that's in His presence. We need to respond when the Lord speaks. We need to respond. Recently, I'm going to end soon, and then we're going to worship. Maybe the band, you guys can get ready to help us get into His presence. But recently, I read this one guy in America. I mean, even if you just hear that, it's already a red light, right? I read this one guy that's, that said, you know, the Holy Spirit will never convict you of your sin. I was like, what? And then he quotes scripture. I was like, oh, that's interesting, eh? I mean, let's be honest. When I'm in his presence and I experience Jesus, I see myself for who I am, well, probably not the full picture because then I'll be completely ruined. But the Lord shows me gently, I, I think you need to work on this. And if there's sin, you need to repent of that. That's not something that I conjure up myself. That's the Holy Spirit convicting me because I love, you know, when I was, when I was still in the world, when, when I didn't, before the time I gave my life to the Lord, I loved sin. Loved it. Let's be honest. If it wasn't lacquer, I probably wouldn't have done it. Sin was lacquer. And then I met the Lord, and then He started speaking. Hey, remember this. I need you to change that. Okay. And then the next thing. And often He'll go for the big things in the beginning, right? He'll go for the big things. He'll kind of overlook one or two things, but He'll go for the big things just when you give your heart to the Lord. You can know. If, you, if you're smoking, he's going to go for that thing. If you're sleeping with your girlfriend, he's going to go for that thing. And he's going for the big things. And gently, as you respond to that conviction, now you can choose. I can either ignore it. I don't like that type of change. Or you can respond and say, yes, Lord, this is going to suck because there's going to be conversations and it's going to be hard, but I'm going to, I want to change. You've got two choices. And then that's how you grow. That's how you mature in the Lord. It's like when, I, when your Henry speaks to me, Liffy, can you do this and that? And I choose to ignore. I mean, you don't have to be married to help me out here. Don't do that, are you? Please listen. Don't do that. Listen and help and obey. 
not in a bad way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And with the Lord, He's speaking, and we can choose whether we want to obey or whether we want to just delay. And if we delay, guarantee you it will end up in disobedience. There should be an instant intention to respond in our hearts. Even this morning, if the Lord is speaking to you, and He's tapping on your heart, whether it's an area of sin, oh, here you are, Liffy. I was wondering where you are. I love you. <laughs> Whatever the Lord is doing, you need to respond this morning. Some of us haven't heard His voice in a while. When last did He speak to you? What was it? And did you obey? Because it usually there's a quite a direct link to whether you're hearing His voice today. Is when last did you actually obey His voice and His call? And oftentimes we'll need to go back. Oh, the Lord actually asked me to do this and that or give this or whatever the case may be. And this morning, it's not too late for you to obey. It's not too late for you to say yes to the Lord. He's, he's speaking. And if you want change in your life this year, something has to change. It's not going to happen by itself. You actually have to put in the effort, put in the hard yards, open your ears, listen to the voice of the Lord. Declutter your life this year. Focus on His voice. Obey His voice. That's how we're going to grow. I can tell you your breakthrough is tomorrow. I, can, I, I, I don't know that. But I can tell you, if you hear His voice and you obey, you're going to grow. You're going to grow. Whatever the Lord is saying, I can assure you, He wants you to obey. He wants you. He's gracious. He'll forgive you if you haven't been walking in obedience. But we don't want to assume there's another chance always. We don't want to manipulate the hand of God. We want to be in awe and wonder of Him. We want to live with a fear of the Lord this year. And so just close your eyes where you are. I want us to pray and just consider our lives this morning. How are we doing as a sheep? Are we hearing His voice? Are we following Him properly?